Thank you for listening to the Matt's Movie Reviews podcast, available on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, and Stitcher. Also, please follow Matt's Movie Reviews on Facebook, YouTube, Parlor, and Instagram. And of course, be sure to visit www.mattsmoviereviews.net for the latest reviews, top 10 lists, and more. Now, on to the show. Following the breaking news out of Haiti, the largest, most powerful earthquake in the region's history has crippled the country. There's no hospital, no electricity, nothing. Many of you know better than I do what we're about to face, which is likely total chaos. If anybody needs certainty on when and how they're getting out of Haiti, maybe not a good idea to go. One golf course in all of Haiti, and it was the only empty green space for people to go from their collapsed houses. And 35,000 people were there within days. Sean. MREs and help of the 82nd Airborne today, which is uh, making it a lot less chaotic. If you're thinking yourself, Huh, who can I get to run a camp for 50,000 people in Haiti? Oh yeah, Sean Penn, that'll be the guy. You know, you'd be laughed out of the room, but you know what, he, he, he did. Hello and welcome to the Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast. I am your host, Matthew Perkovich, and this is episode number 343. Releasing May 6th on Discovery Plus is Citizen Penn a documentary that presents the humanitarian efforts of Oscar-winning actor Sean Penn in Haiti after an earthquake in 2010 devastated the Caribbean nation. An example of boots-on-the-ground documentary filmmaking told with heart and passion, Citizen Penn also explores the topic of celebrity activism that continues to be a polarizing topic today. And joining me now on a Matt's Movie Reviews podcast is the director of Citizen Penn, Don Hardy. Don, I thank you so much for your time today. Oh, thanks, Matt. I appreciate it. Happy to be here. Um, so in the movie, Sean Penn talks about how he got himself involved in the relief effort in Haiti. He has found finds himself alone for the first time in years. His kids have moved out to home, um, turns on the TV, and there is the news about that Haiti earthquake, and he finds himself inspired to do something about it. What about yourself, Don? How did you kind of get involved with this kind of whole process and uh, relief efforts over in Haiti? How did that work for you? Yeah, for me, it was it was knowing Sean a bit. Uh, I had um, been fortunate enough to connect with him a few years prior to the earthquake uh, through a mutual friend, and and uh, I was putting together a film called Witch Hunt about uh, the wrongful convictions and incarcerations of this group of people and. And my friend thought that Sean would be interested in it because he, he had recently done the film Dead Man Walking mm-hmm. and was interested in issues of justice and fairness. And so he, he connected us and Sean he agreed to narrate the film and executive produce the film, which was a really big moment for myself and my filmmaking partner on that project, Dana Nachman. It was our first uh, attempted independent documentary filmmaking. We'd been journalists prior to that. Yep. And for a guy like Sean to, to believe in us and uh, put his name and, and star power into it, 
it, it meant a lot, you know, it goes without saying it really helped push that film out into the world. And in the years after it, uh, I stayed in touch with Sean and uh, happened to be with him a couple days after the earthquake in Haiti happened as he was frantically trying to coordinate flying a, a plane full of supplies and um, medical personnel and volunteers to Haiti. Uh, so I saw him coordinating that effort and I couldn't go with him in that moment because of uh, obligations back home. But soon after saw him on CNN talking about everything that was going on that he was seeing on the ground. And so I offered, uh, I offered to help, to help document it. So that landed me and a couple of my friends uh, in Haiti, and we just started filming and taking photographs and uh, trying to push things out to the news networks to, to keep Haiti in, the, in viewers' eyes um, and to show what was happening. This, this historic coming together of people from all over the world rushing to Haiti to help, uh, and one of them Mia, being Sean Penn. Mm. Um, so we just started documenting it that way, and, and that was my way into into Haiti and um, ultimately, you know, a country that I really am quite fond of and uh, spent a lot of time there. It's uh, probably the country I spent the most time in other than the, the USA. When you're there documenting this and you're filming everything, when does the experience kind of become a movie? When did you know that this will kind of form itself in the, in the, in the shape of a documentary? Well, really very quickly. I mean, what I saw was unlike anything I'd seen before in, in my travels as a, as a journalist and as a filmmaker, just the, this spirit of, of running towards uh, disasters, trying, trying to help and trying to coordinate and uh, get things set up to, to make life a little bit more livable for the people there. Uh, it just seemed like what was unfolding in front of my eyes was a documentary. Um, it, it just needed to be presented in that way. But uh, Sean certainly didn't see it that way in those days. And he was very focused. He's a very mission driven person. And he was very focused on just getting, you know, the camp that his organization ends up running, making sure they have what they need and they're working towards getting them out of harm's way as the rains were coming soon. And so there was a relocation effort and he was focused on all of those things as he should have been. So I, I wasn't, I wasn't going to push him at all. And I just kept going about filming and collecting footage and uh, helping, you know, I did some like fundraising things for, for his organization, just, you know, with the footage that I was collecting, but I always had an eye on hopefully someday it could turn into a film because it felt like what was happening was, was really unprecedented. Don, when you land in Haiti, what's the first thing that still sticks with you that you remember from that experience? Is it just the overwhelming sense of what's happening there? Was there anything particular that kind of still kind of sticks with you from that time? Definitely. It, 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 uh, it was the whole country was flattened. Yeah. yeah, there was rubble and collapsed buildings and, and everywhere. And we drove by this, this one hospital in particular that had pancaked, I believe it was a seven story hospital. And just thinking, thinking about that, um, thinking about the time of the day, time of day that the earthquake happened, which was right around 430. 
and uh, five o'clock. And as people were getting ready to probably leave their jobs for the day, but then their buildings collapsed on top of them. And yeah, you can, you know, I can, I can see it very clearly just how, how devastated it, it was. Um, the roads covered in rubble, you know, people still walking around in a bit of a, a daze. Um, there was even still some bodies on the streets. And this was a couple months after the earthquake when I first sat down there. So I can't really imagine only in the footage that, that we have in the film and uh, the recollections of, of the people that I've met, you, can you even contemplate what it was in the, you know, the day after or the week after? Uh, it, it must have been a, just impossible to take in. It's, there's an interesting um, analogy made in the film and, and that's something I've heard in subsequent interviews in that in a certain way, the kind of getting boots on ground, establishing tents, et cetera, for emergency re relief is somewhat compared to being on a movie set. Um, <laughs> is that something that you agree with as well? Because it's something I heard Sean talk about and I never thought of it that way, but him being a, he himself being a filmmaker and producer of independent films and yourself being a, independent documentary filmmaker, I imagine there'll be, I could see the parallels there. Is that something that you've, you found as well, looking back at that? Yeah, yeah, he, he does say it. And, you know, he never, um, he never compares the stakes of it, you know, a movie no. to getting people out of harm's way. But just the, I, I think people in this line of work are probably uniquely suited because, uh, you know, making a documentary or making, you know, a feature film like Sean does, you, you there's so many decisions within decisions and you have to make the best decision with the information you have in the moment. Um, so we probably are pretty well suited for disaster environments, at least in, in that immediacy phase. And, and as Sean says in the film, there was a moment uh, when they kind of transitioned from that disaster relief into development where he realized that he, he was way out of his depth. Mm. Uh, you know, and he had to transfer to more more experienced people. I, I still very connected to it, but have different leaders come in that uh, that understand that development world and how to go after big grants and the things that'll help an organization sustain and uh, continue to do good work. But in those immediate, you know, that immediate probably year, year and a half, two years after the earthquake. Uh, the, the skill sets that he's developed over the 40 plus year career he has, uh, I think served him well. And, and also the, the naivete that he had to the ways of disaster relief. Mm -hmm. uh, it wasn't, you know, so many of these big organizations, they, they're tough. They're like the, the big cargo ship that's really tough to turn. But a small organization like, like Sean's uh, had that ability to, to move quickly and address the needs of the people right then and not have to go to some big board board of directors decision to do. And uh, I think that's one thing that really allowed them to be effective in, uh, in those first couple of years. I've always found Sean Penn to be an incredibly fascinating person. Um, he has kind of like this kind of gruff exterior, but underneath there's a person with like a lot of, <laughs> a lot of compassion, um, which I always found about him. It, it's it's really funny. I've I listened to an interview he did. I think it was on the Howard Stern show like ten months ago. And there's this quote from yeah. him that still sticks with me, where he says, "Um, uh, he loves humanity, but sometimes he just hates humans." And um, I think it's <laughs> I think it's something that's like I can really see him saying that. You know, you you having spent so much considerable time with him and having 
worked with him. He, he helped you with your documentary career early on. What, what's the thing about Sean Penn that has surprised you um, over the years uh, that maybe you had a perception of him beforehand that kind of just, just, just not, he's not there anymore? Well, I, yeah, I think anytime you, you spend some time with somebody and you separate the, the legend from the person and, you know, Sean is, is, he is that person in a lot of way, the person that you think, you know, he smokes, he does have the gruff exterior, he does speak his mind, um, but he's also a real human being. And he, you know, he is affected by the things that he sees and hears, whether it's about him or, you know, about people that he, he loves and cares about. Uh, he, he's a real guy. Um, I don't know, you know, I, I'm not in Hollywood and I, I don't know a lot of famous people. So I don't have a huge frame of reference. But with him, what I've found over the, you know, 15 years or so that I've, I've known him and spent some time with him is that he is just if he says he's going to do it, he does it. He shows up. Uh, he, uh, I guess, you know, the <laughs> cliche is he, he walks the walk and, and I've certainly seen it in Haiti. And then over the past year, I've seen it so much here in the United States as his organization is now branched out into COVID-19 testing and vaccinations. Yeah. So I spent some time with him here. I, I'm in Northern California and he was in Oakland uh, setting up uh, a site there. And he's having these conversations with the local leaders about the best way to set this, set up this walk-in walk-up clinic because it's in East Oakland and many of the residents there don't have cars. And so how can you do a walk-up and keep everybody safe? And it just really reminded, it took me back to Haiti and the same kind of conversations he was having there with the local leaders about how to clear the streets. <laughs> you know, it, He's, he's listening and he's taking it in. He's not going in and saying, I'm the expert and this is what to do, uh, which, you know, is kind of surprising when, you know, you have somebody that's been so successful in so many different, uh, you know, acting, directing uh, the works. You figure, yeah, <laughs> he's going to come in there and say, ah, it's my way or the highway. And, and that just isn't what I've seen. I was mentioning my introduction in regards to celebrity activism is still something that's a very kind of polarizing topic even today. And, you know, Sean Penn has definitely taken his fair share of criticism over the years in regards to political opinions, et cetera. But to me, the whole aspect of a celebrity being an activist or involved politically, I think it'd be a very positive thing if the intentions are true and the hard work is done. And clearly we've seen in Haiti uh, all the work that's been there for over 11 years now and the establishment of core um, and for people who don't know what that is, that's a nonprofit organization called um, the Community Organized Relief Effort, um, which, as, as you said, has now transitioned to kind of domestic things now with the COVID testing, et cetera. What's your kind of opinion on the whole kind of celebrity kind of activism thing? Um, are you in the same kind of like wavelength as me in that <laughs> as long as the work is done, as long as the intention is true, it doesn't really matter who is doing, you know, trying to bring awareness to an issue just as long as the uh, issue is addressed and the work is done to try to help it? Yeah, I am of that opinion. I, I think we have such a complex relationship with celebrity in, in our country and pro probably throughout the world. I mean, we, we in the US don't, don't have the market cornered on celebrity journalism, but uh, we, we want to we build these people up into larger than life and then we kind of want to tear them down. <laughs> and then in some cases, you know, rebuild them 
a bit, but we really want them to stay in their own, uh, stay in their own lane, you know, keep, keep doing your day job, keep your opinions to yourself. Yep. And I find that so strange uh, because they are people just like we're people and we have opinions and everybody shares their opinions all over social media and, and, and to anybody else that'll listen. So really, why would somebody who's a celebrity be any different? Why should they not share their thoughts? So, so there's that side of it. And then there's the getting involved side. Um, and, I, and I think it gets even more complicated there because you do have a lot of people that really seem to be in it for the photo op. You know, they're, they're taking on a cause because their publicist says they need to have a cause to support. I, I you know, that doesn't seem like the right way to go for me, but I know that that's out there. Um, but I, I think if, if you're somebody like Sean Penn or say Bono or uh, Bill Gates, I, I don't know, there's so many out there that really have made a profound impact over now decades. You really can't dispute that they're in it for fame and fortune. I mean, Bill Gates, Sean Penn, Bono, you know, they, they would have been doing fine if they didn't, you know, get involved in all of the causes that they're involved in. So, so yeah, it, it, it's a, it's a complicated issue, but I think if the intentions are right, um, they should, you know, use their power that they have uh, to, to help affect change. I agree hundred percent. There's an interesting um, aspect to the whole, um, what Sean Penn is doing, and that's kind of like the fundraising aspect to it. And it's clearly something that it's something that he needs to do. You need to raise money for these to to make the um, to to get to the people of Haiti. And it seems like something he's very uncomfortable with, though. He's not really cool good with the whole kind of smoochy thing. As, as we've talked about, he's a very direct person uh, in regards to his communication. Um, and he's made it known very much, even to the people in the rooms of these fundraising events that, you know, there's some stingy pockets in here and some people <laughs> put some more uh, money, uh, money where their mouth is, so to speak. Um, you know, having been, I'm, I'm sure you've been at those fundraisers. How, how real is Sean's contempt for that kind of celebrity kind of uh, thing where you, as you mentioned before, people just want to try to get the photo um, of being involved with something, but not really getting involved in something and him knowing very well that, hey, you've got more zeros in that bank account and uh, I think you could put a little more in our, um, in, in our coffers to help us out with this situation in Haiti. Yeah, it, it's, it's very real. And yeah, I have been fortunate over the years to be in this, this gala fundraiser that, uh, that Sean's organization throws every year. And it is, it's a who's who of, of the entertainment industry. Uh, you have, uh, of the tech industry, you've got a lot of people with billions of dollars in this room. And, uh, and, and it is the major fundraiser for the organization for the, for the entire year. Um, and Sean has to go out there and beg friends for money. It's hard. Yeah, anybody, any of us who've had to do that, maybe, maybe do a, a Kickstarter for a project or something where you have to ask people to support your vision. It's challenging. You're really putting yourself in a vulnerable spot and he has to do it year after year after year. And people just don't support it at the level that he thinks they should. And he knows mm. that they can, and it's intensely frustrating. And, you know, being in that room and, you know, kind of cringing when I know he's going to take the stage and he's going to have to do that that ask 
uh, it's, <laughs> it, I never really thought I, that would become a part of the film, but now I'm really glad it's in there because it is, it, it shows a, a vulnerable side of, of him and some of the difficulties in, in setting up a sustainable organization that, you know, you believe is doing so much good but your opinion isn't necessarily sh shared amongst your peers. Hmm. It's uh, yeah, it's challenging, but I, I really do appreciate that part of the film. And I hope, hope viewers will too. I do too, because it really shows the whole kind of scope of what's happening or what needs to be done. Um, it's really, it was really interesting and fascinating to watch that. I love the title of the movie, um, Citizen Pen. And I, I, I think the goal, the end result that Sean has in regards to all the efforts that he's doing in Haiti and everything else is to kind of, really endorse and, and try to bring about citizen activism. Um, I, I, from everything I've read about him and having watched his documentary, he does seem like a kind of person who doesn't have time for bureaucracies. He doesn't have time for the politics of the situation. He wants direct action to be done. And he finds that direct action should be done through everyday people, you, me, anyone else. And, and the title of the film really kind of uh, reflects that as well is the hope that someone somewhere will one day watch Citizen Pen and just like Sean was inspired 11 years ago when he turned on the TV and saw the, what was happening in Haiti, that they too will be inspired of what Sean and so many others are doing in Haiti and then become them themselves become citizen activists? Is that the what we have to hope is for the end goal here for this movie? I think so. I, I'm always hesitant to say, you know, what, what somebody should take away from, from something I've done. But to me, that is the takeaway from this film that uh, you don't have to have the bank account or the contact list or the um, be an international, you know, icon like Sean Penn to, to affect change in your community, to, to, to get involved and to, get active and, and hopefully be of some service to others and you know, push the world in the right direction a bit. Uh, I, I think that after the year that we've all had with the pandemic, it, it's maybe more important than ever that we, we get, we do roll up our shirt sleeves and get involved. Uh, you know, that, that is certainly what Sean did here. And, and he pulled a lot of people along for the ride with him. And many of those people helped teach him how to be uh, a, a humanitarian or how to be a, a wear any of the, the the hats that he now wears. Uh, and I think that we can all we can all do something. So it, yeah, if that's something the viewers can take away, then I'll be very very happy and feel like I've done my job. So for everyone out there listening, May 6th on Discovery Plus, Citizen Pen. It's a fascinating documentary. Um, and I just love what you've done here, Don. And um, I just want to say congratulations to you and, um, and to everyone else involved with the film as well. A lot of hard work here. You know, I think it's really important that uh, this story gets out there and everyone sees what it takes to kind of bring about, uh, try to bring about change in the world. So Don Hardy, congratulations to you. And uh, I thank you for your time today. Thanks so much, Matt. I really appreciate the, the kind words and the conversation.